Everybody's looking forward to that time. I really do. It, it won't get any better than that. Thank you, Rhonda. Man, that's some, that's some good singing. I, I don't know if you, but I've been blessed myself in the music service. Uh, Jim Frenchie, pray, pray, please. Jim. Anybody know what the message is over this morning? <laughs> Heaven. A home or a hope. That applies to every one of us in here. Someday it's going to be our home or it's just a hope for some of us. We're going to be looking at that for the next couple of weeks. The Australian Aborigines believe that Heaven is just across the horizon from Australia. Okay. The Brazilians believe that when they die, they're either going to go to the moon or they're going to land on the sun. Crazy thought, isn't it? I guess the good ones go to the moon. (laughs) I don't know. The Native Americans at one point believed that when their spirit died, their spirit would hunt the spirit of the buffalo in the afterlife. The Egyptians believed when they entombed somebody that they would put artifacts about this life and maybe even a map in this life so they would know where their future in the afterlife would be going. You see, from the beginning of time, Man has always thought there has been an afterlife. Man has always thought that there's got to be something besides just this. And in reality, that's true. Because in Ecclesiastes 3.11, the Bible tells us, it says, He has set eternity in our hearts. Yes, there really is something after this life. There really is something that we will all spend eternity in, and we will look at that here in just a minute. Interesting that even people that have no education have a thought or a feeling that, yeah, there must be something out there beyond here. Next few weeks, we're going to look at what's beyond here, what's beyond the, the red in your Bible. We're going to be looking at heaven, a home, or a hope. You know, and it's today's world, we, we have a lot of misconceptions about heaven. I mean, we, we see things and we see a, a movie or two about how Hollywood wants to depict heaven. And most of the time when, they, when they're doing those kind of things, they will, they will put a 
put an angel out there, and the angel will be sitting on this cloud. Angel will be wearing white, and the angel will be strumming his harp. And that's how Hollywood would say, that's what heaven is going to be like. I can promise you that's not heaven. The only thing about, that's right about what I just said is, we will not be angels. We won't be sitting on a cloud. We won't be playing a harp, thank goodness. But we will be wearing white. White is a, a picture of purity and of righteousness. It is the white clothes of righteousness that Christ has given to us when we accept him as Lord and Savior. Hollywood has not got it right, what, what, what heaven must be. We also see the misconception or maybe the misinformation. I guess that's a better word for today because that kind of seems to be in the news about that. But that heaven really is, all it is, is nothing more than just a long, long church service. That all we're going to do is sit around the throne room for eternity singing a whole bunch of songs, and all we're going to be doing is sitting there listening to some preacher, probably Apostle Paul. I mean, he was, he was pretty good at it. And all we're going to do is sit and listen, and that's all that we're going to do for eternity. Now, I, I, like, I like a good church service, but, I mean, that doesn't even appeal to me. I mean, that, that, to me, that would be kind of boring. So that's a misconception that's out there that that's all it is. It's just a long, long church service. And who wants to do that? There's also the thought out there that says, I want to go to heaven, but not yet. <laughs> I want to go to heaven, but not yet. I mean, I got, I got things on my bucket list that I want to do before I go. I mean, I, I want to take a trip to Tahiti. I mean, I want to go there and see what's in Tahiti. I hear it's a nice place. And I've got this bucket list of things that I want to do. I want to see my kids grow up. And I want to do this and this and this and this. And then I'll be ready for heaven. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, that I want to do these kind of things and you want to do all those kind of things. The Apostle Paul, he struggled with that himself. The Apostle Paul would be, would wrote, and he said, you know, man, he said, man, I, I know I need to stay here for you guys, you churches. I, I know I need to be here, but, but I've got a lot of work to do. But he said, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to heaven. I really would like to be there where, where in the very presence of, of Jesus. I want to be there where, where I can go rub shoulders with him. I want to be there and, and say, uh, John the Baptist, uh, man, sorry about what happened to you. I mean, he, he knew he had a job to do here. He knew he wanted to do things here. But he also knew that he'd rather be there. And, and, and maybe that's kind of the thought that we have ourselves, that that's what we were, are looking at. And, and what we do sometimes is we begin to think in our minds that these things, this bucket list, this, these kids, uh, the, all the things, my vacation, and we begin to think that, that those things are better than heaven. Those things are better than heaven because we want to hang on to this temporal kind of life as long as we can. I get that. But if we ever get a clear vision of what heaven is, 
If we ever see and understand what, what God has for us there, I can promise you we would not hold on to the temporal and we will begin to look for the eternal. Man, what a great thing it's going to be one of these days when, when we all get to heaven. And I'll have a comment about that just here in just a minute. Where do we get the thought that, that, that heaven is nothing more than sitting on a cloud playing a harp? Where do we get the thought that it's just a long church service? Where do we get the thought that, like, like the movie said, heaven can wait? Where, where does that stuff come from? Well, I can tell you where it comes from. It comes from my enemy and your enemy. It comes from Satan, the father of lies. You see, if he can deceive you about heaven, you're not going to want to go there. He's in the business of deceiving you. You see, remember, what happened to Satan? He got kicked out, didn't he? He got kicked out of heaven. I mean, he, his pride got so much and his arrogance got so much in the beginning of time, and he thought he wanted to be God. God threw him down to this earth, kicked him out of heaven, and, and Satan knows how awesome heaven is. He, he knows the beauty of heaven. He knows how special heaven is. And guess what? He don't want you going there. He didn't want you going to heaven. He knows how it is because, you see, you see, he is our enemy. He will do everything in his power to keep us from going to heaven. But what we have to understand is his power is very limited. His power is very limited. The only thing that will keep us from going to heaven is our own selves and our own choices that we Make. You see, he wants to destroy your life. Did you know that? He wants to ruin your today. He wants to ruin your tomorrow. And he wants to ruin your eternity. And if he can do it, and if you let him do it, he'll do it. So, he will tell you heaven is nothing but a long service. He'll tell you heaven is, is just a big vacation that's better. He will tell you that, that your best life is here right now. And if he can get you to think that, if he can deceive you in that way, and if he can put that thought process in there that heaven is really no big deal, who's going to want to go? And that's what he's trying to get you to do today. You don't need to want to go there. And if you don't want to really go there, you won't do what, what you need to do to get there. So we have an enemy that's out to get us. We must know the truth because he lies and he distorts and he misrepresents anything about God's Word. That is why I believe we must know God's Word. We must know what God's Word says about heaven. Because if we don't, He will, I promise you, He will give you the information that, that is not correct. And if He gives you enough information, you begin to believe it, and now you go, eh, maybe, maybe heaven is not that big of a deal. We see a whole generation of people like that, don't we? We see a whole generation of people that, that don't want to have anything to do with Christ. They're, they're not interested that I, I, I keep I, that thought of this lady that I saw carrying this sign going to hell and proud of it. And she protested in the streets of California. Whew. She'd been deceived. And that deception came from our enemy, the, the, the devil. We must guard against that. We must know the truth. So for the next three weeks or a couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at the truth about heaven. Did you know that God commands us to think about heaven? 
He commands us to think about heaven. I mean, that's just, he didn't just throw it out there and say, well, just whenever it comes up or when you get close to dying or something, you know, just put a few thoughts there. No, he commands us. Durst got that verse up there in Colossians 1. I want to read that to you. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. There it is. He says, therefore, you have been raised up with Christ. That's believers. That's Christians. That is you and I that have truly been born again. And he gives us this command. He gives us two of them, really. He says, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. That's where we know Christ is. Keep seeking the things of God. And then the next verse says in verse 2, set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on this earth. Keep seeking the things above. Set your mind on the things above. You know, we can get bogged down pretty easy, can't we, sometimes, about life. We can become frustrated. We can become fearful. We can become anxious about about life and all of what life is kind of throwing to us. But if you take that verse up there and you just kind of look at that, what's he telling us to do? To be very diligent, to be very active, to be very single-minded in where we think and where we set our minds on. And that is Christ. And when we think about Christ, we think about heaven. And when we think about heaven, we think about Christ. You see, it's a mental deal. Keep your, keep your mind and set your mind and your hearts on those things which are above. Set it on Christ. Set it on Christ who sits at the right hand of the Father. Think about heaven. You know, Jesus, Jesus wanted us to know something about heaven. Did you know that? I mean, he spoke about heaven. In John 13 and John 14, Jesus gave his disciples some, some great advice. If you remember in, in 13, it is the uh, Lord's Supper. And, and Jesus is telling them that um, the end is near for him that they were going to come and they were going to take him and he was going to be crucified on the cross. And he's trying to tell them, give them some information there. He, he spends a few minutes to wash the feet of the disciples, which is, whoa, <laughs> should have been the other way around. But no, he wanted to show what a true servant really looked like. He was talking and, 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 and he's in 13 and 14 and 15, he's, he's kind of given the disciples uh, the last minute game plan. He's giving him the last minute pep talk. I'm going to be gone. I'm, I'm not going to be around you guys anymore. We have, we've been together for three years, but I'm no longer going to be here. And you see, Jesus knew what lied ahead of those guys. He knew what their future was going to be. He knew that they were going to be rejected wherever they went. He knew that they would be persecuted wherever he went. He was sending them into hostile territory, to areas that, that Jesus knew they did not want to hear what they had to say. He knew that 10 of the 11 disciples would be martyred, would lose their life because of the faith. And the other guy would be bo- uh, burned in oil, boiled in oil. And yet he survived. He knew what it was going to be. He knew the cost it would be on the families. He knew how hard life was going to be when he left them. And he gives them this word in John 14, 1 and 3. And he gives them this word, and this word says, keep your eyes above. Keep your eyes in heaven. Your motivation when life is so hard 
Keep looking up. And he tells them there in verse 1 of chapter 14, he says, do not let your heart be troubled. These are guys that, the, that were sheep that were going into the wolves then, if you would. And he says what? Do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, he says. Believe also in me. I've been here. I'm not going to be here, but believe me. Trust in God. Believe in me. And here's what I'm going to tell you. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. Wow. If it were not so, I would have told you so. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I prepare a place for you, I'm coming again to receive you unto myself. For where I am, there you will be also. For where I am, there you will be also. When rejection comes, persecution comes, heartache comes, Jesus is telling them, I'm leaving, but I'm coming back. I'm in the, sitting in the right hand of the Father. And one of these days, no matter what's going on in your world, you're going to be with me. I'll either come back and get you in the rapture or when you pass from this world, you have a reward in heaven. When life gets tough, think about heaven. Take your eyes off the temporal. Take your eyes off of what's going on today. Jesus is telling them and look up. Think about heaven. Allow heaven to be your motivation. When they reject you and you've got to go to a different town, don't let that bother you. Remember, your home is heaven. Persecuted, martyred, or just people just don't like you. Remember, that's temporal. Remember the eternal, Jesus says. You know, that applies to us today, doesn't it? I think that same word applies to us today. If, if you are rejected or persecuted for your faith, nobody likes you because you have to stand out and you're, you're a Christian. I think Jesus would say, hey, keep your eyes on heaven, the glory of heaven. When cancer invades your body and tries to threaten your life, look up. Keep thinking about heaven. Set your thoughts on above and not down here. Because he would tell you, you have a home in glory. No matter what happens here, you have a reward because you have been born again. Think about that instead of what life is throwing at you. Financial trouble, kids go bad, whatever the, the issue is in your life, I don't know. Jesus said, don't be anxious. Don't worry. I'm gone, I'm coming back, and you're going to be where I'm going to be forever and forever. Jesus said, that is your motivation, disciples. I tell you that is your motivation for life when it gets hard, that you have a reward in heaven, and you're going to be able to see Jesus face to face again. I don't think it gets any better than that. Keep seeking the things above. Set your mind on the things above. I would encourage you. You know, the Bible tells us that unless Jesus comes and raptures us out, that the death rate is going to be 100%. Did you know that? 
It's all going to be 100%. We ain't nothing we're going to do about that unless he comes before, before we go. And that's okay. But I need you to understand that, that every person, their soul, that person will reside someplace for an eternity. Every one of them. From the beginning of time until the very end of time, every person born will reside someplace. Their soul will be there somewhere. And, of course, you know it's, it's either heaven or hell. That's, that's just the way it is. I want to give you some mind-boggling statistics. I, I saw these the other day, and I read them, and then I even heard them. I saw them twice this week. And it says something about death. It says, worldwide, worldwide, there's three people that die every second. Worldwide, three every second. That's 180 every minute. That's 11,000 every hour. That's approximately 250,000 a month. That's almost 91 million that will die in the course of a year. And every person will spend eternity somewhere. The word heaven is used 276 times in the Bible. It must be important. It must be important. The Bible talks about there's three different heavens that the Bible talks about. The first heaven is the atmosphere around this old earth. It is where the birds fly and the planes, planes go. That's the first heaven. The Bible talks about that. The Bible says there's a second heaven. And that's the sun and the moon and the stars and the universe. That's the second heaven. And I think he's got a verse here, Psalm 19.1. It says, the heavens are telling of the glory of God. And their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. That's the second heaven, the universe, and how massive it is. And I, I don't know if you remember, but, but uh, months ago we talked about the universe and how many trillions of light years is out there. And the Bible says he holds the universe in his hand. That's a big God. It also talks about a third heaven. The third heaven is the abode of, of God. Where God resides, He resides everywhere. But His His main residence, you might say, is is the third, the third heaven. How do I know there's a third heaven? Second Corinthians twelve two tells us it is. Bible says Paul was was caught up. He doesn't know how he was caught up in a in a, in a vision, and he says I was caught up into the third heaven, and I heard things that I can't even speak about because they were just so awesome. Yeah, there's a third, heaven. Revelation 4 and 5, if you get in your Bible, and I know Jim's going to pre- uh, teach on this, is a description of heaven. We see heaven in, in Revelation 4 and 5. We see a great, a great uh, worship service in 4, and we see some, some things that are happening in heaven in 5. I mean, I, if you want to read that, I would suggest that you read that. The third heaven is what we will be talking about uh, for the next couple of weeks. You know, it's, it's a little bit interesting, and you might not know this, but when we think of heaven, we think of the third heaven that, that, that we all want to get there. Uh, it is called, an interme- called the intermediate or the temporary heaven. Hmm. Because you see, the heaven that we think about, the third heaven, 
that's not always going to exist. The Bible tells us in Revelation 21, and we can see it in Revelation 22, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And a new Jerusalem, the Bible says, is going to come out of, out of heaven. And the Bible tells us that the new heaven and the new earth, one day, one day, after the millennium, after the thousand-year reign, after, after all that's going to take place, God is going to purify this earth. He's going to purify where you're sitting right now, where I'm standing right now. And the Bible says he's going to take fire and he's going to, he's going to burn everything that has even a sniff of sin. Everything that is attached to sin, the Bible tells us he's going to burn it all away. And what we're going to have one of these days when we leave the temporary heaven, we're going to come right down here to the new heaven and new earth. And it's going to be the Garden of Eden forever and forever. He's going to, he's going to remake it. And that's where the believers are going to be forever and forever and forever and forever and forever. I don't know about you, but that's exciting. That's exciting compared to the alternative. Today's society, everybody believes they're going to heaven. That's why in my mind we were singing that when we all get to heaven, I'm thinking, ooh, <laughs> that song is about believers. That song is about believers. That's not everybody. I mean, I mean, this, the society, the world we live in thinks that everybody's going. We're all going to get there. I mean, you, you hear it at funerals. You know, you, you see it on Facebook. And no matter how that person lived, no matter what he did in his life or she, the thought is they're all, we're all going to go to heaven. But the fact of the matter is that's not right. The fact of the matter is we're not all going to be there. You see, Matthew 7, 13 and 14, Jesus says, The way, the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And very few will find it. That's what Jesus said. The gate and the road are, are tiny, but it leads to life, but only a few are going to be able to see it. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. You see, we're not all going to be there, are we? Jesus said you're not going to be there. You see, you see what happens in a person's life. Sin separates us from ever having a relationship with God. Sin does. The Bible, and we know, Romans 3, 23, we've all sinned, come short of the glory of God. Sin separates us. Holy God cannot deal with a sinful person. And the only way we can ever have a relationship with Holy God is to have a relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ. See, you've got to be born again, the Bible says. The Bible says you've got to repent of your sins. The Bible says you've got to confess. You've got to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. And when you do that, then you are, your name is, is in the book of life, and you will live forever and forever in a place called heaven. You see, Jesus wants to forgive us, does he not? He wants to cleanse us. He wants to clean us up when we, when we give our life to him. I hear this phrase all the time, and you see it, and, and it's R.I.P., rest in peace. And that's a nice phrase, and I get it, and it's comforting, and I, I understand all that. 
But the truth of the matter is not everybody's going to rest in peace. Only those folks who have given their heart and life to Jesus Christ, their soul will rest in peace. And, and we'll learn here in a couple of weeks it's not much rest. We're going to be busy people, not sitting on a cloud playing a harp. You see, only those folks that have rejected Christ, they won't have any peace. There will be no peace in their life forever and forever and forever. And, and when the sun stops burning and the, and the, and the stars quit twinkling, those people that never accepted Christ, they're still going to be tormented and they're still going to be judged. Not everybody's going to be in heaven, folks. Don't let the enemy deceive you. You've got to accept Christ as Lord and Savior. Rest in peace. Yes, those that have been born again, those that have never been born again will never rest in peace. Is heaven a home to you? Or is heaven just a hope? Only you can answer that question. We can have hope. We can have a hope that, that surpasses all understanding. We don't have to wait and see. We don't have to cross our fingers. <laughs> I, I mean, I've, I've heard people say, well, man, I, yeah, I think so. I think I'm going. Yeah, I hope so. I hope I've been good enough. And I can tell you something. You can't be good enough. Only through the grace of Christ can you be good enough. Man, I hope I get there. Hope I do. You can know for a shadow of a doubt that you're going. 1 John 5, 12 tells us. You can know without a shadow of a doubt. That's why the book of 1 John was written. So you will know if you've been born again. We can know today. You can be the greatest person in this whole world. (laughs) And not get to heaven. You can be the worst person in this old world, not get to heaven. You can be the combination of those two. And none of it qualifies you for heaven. Only Christ as Lord and Savior in your life will get you ever to heaven. As we begin our invitation time. I don't know about you, but I, I, I just, I got a burden for some of you guys. Because if you've never accepted him, you're hopeless. You have no hope. And as we go through this series, I want you to understand how just great heaven must be. Because I believe you've got to see the finish in order to be able to run the, run the race. You got to know what's out there. What's, what's the carrot out there so that you'll be willing to run a race like he's told us to run. The carrot is heaven. The race is a life lived for Jesus Christ. If we bow our head and close our eyes, I just ask you a question. Is, is, is heaven a home without a shadow of doubt? Or is it just a hope where you're crossing your fingers Flipping the coin, thinking, man, I sure hope I get there. Repent of your sins, Jesus said. Confess of your sins. Make him Lord and Savior of your life. 
Altars will be open. I'll be up here. If you've never done that, don't put it off. The thing that sends more people to hell is procrastination. I'll do it later. Do it today so that you will live forever in a home called heaven as a piano place.